It's the biggest sports show for your Saturday morning. We've got it all covered for you right here. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, Emma Friedman and everything sport. Or tomato or a barbecue sauce? Look, I hate barbecue sauce. Like too I sweet. It's the most rank thing. Is it? This. <laughs> I'm a spicy red meat. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Special performances. Here comes Dusty. He's shaping up for a fourth. Sewell's there. He leaves it for Buddy. Oh! oh Around the body goes Chewy Joe. Look oh! inside the centre square. Boys kick the goal. Boys oh! kick the goal. And in the biggest week in footy, we've brought in these three dead set legends to get you ready for the grand final. That's pretty normal for us. Joey Montagna, Jay Z Clark, and Emma Friedman. This. Is Triple M's Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Edition. Shorey's, welcome to another edition of Dead Set Legends with you all Grand Final Week 9 till 12 on Triple M. Joey, Jay, Rosie and Emma. <laughs> good morning, team. How good is it to be uh, on the air on a Monday morning after a Brownlow medal? Good morning, Em. Morning, Rosie. Lovely to see you again, oh, Rosie. Looking to forward you. to working with you all all week this week. Jay-Z, I can't get enough of you. Saturday mornings <laughs> is not enough. Not I'm enough. sure not you enough. Can, I'm Joey. looking forward to the week, but it is the build-up to the Grand Final. It's been a long build-up, we should say that. So we are going to try and... Just create that enthusiasm and get ready for what is going to be an unbelievable grand final later in the week. Can you imagine Joey's joy at being surrounded by a meal? What do you think of this, Joey? What do you think of that, Joey? He's a good player, isn't he, Joey? So I can see that he's already uh, wrapped with that. But it is a fantastic. It's one of the best weeks of the year, grand final week. And normally because, you know, you've got your functions, Joey. you got your few long lunches. But we get, oh. we're missing out on all that. I mean, really, it's an absolute fill-up for you normally. Normally it talking is. Talking about <laughs> what happened in 2010 and Crimea River 2011. So, uh, look, give me set on a few cashies, mate, let's be honest. But instead, we'll be on our, on our couches and our rug boots. Uh, but I think we can have a lot of fun this week, can't we? I love seeing all the colours, the Bulldogs, the Melbourne's colours, on the fences and the houses, etc. So we're going to get excited for all the footy fans and the massive week uh, that it should be, the massive game that's ahead of us on Saturday. Em. It is going to be an absolute beauty. We're here to get you geared up for it. So today, a few of our faves to pop by as we lead into the grand final. Bernie Vince. Speaking Sean of cashies, Em, he's, he's heading he's over to Perth. He's going to Perth, so he'll have plenty of Cashies. And Xavier Ellis, who I'm sure is filling up over in the <laughs> West as well. Uh, we'll have a quiz running all week. And the prize at the end of the week, how's this, boys? $5,000, a Oof. voucher from Barbecues Galore. Can Oof. you imagine what Oof. you can buy with that much Oof. from Barbecues Galore? That should be brilliant. Plus, we'll kick off your week with all the footy and news around Melbourne that you could possibly need. Port Adelaide, oh, wines, two votes. And I declare the winner of the 2021 Brownlow medal is Oli Wines of the Port Adelaide Football Club. Yeah, exciting stuff last night on Channel 7. Ollie Wines from Port Adelaide crowned the 2021 Brownlow medal winner. Marcus Bontempelli running second and Clayton Oliver third. Boys, Ollie Wines, what a magnificent honour for a season that... Uh, just blew us out of the water. Yeah, good on him. And he, he's off up off the canvas too. Like, you remember back to 2019, Joey, he uh, dislocated his shoulder in the water skiing accident. There was a big pile on about whether he's professional enough and all that sort of stuff. Then Carlton at the end of the year sort of, uh, where they, you know, tried to make a play for him at the trade period, couldn't get the deal done. There was even, uh, for a while, they were talking about whether he's best 22. Remember Ken Hinckley left him out for a week and put him down to the Sandful. So I think to go from that position, is he one of Port Adelaide's best midfielders to the best player in the competition? Mm. And 
How's the votes it last night? 36 votes. Amazing. Jane, like that that equals Dustin Martin's record for the most of all time. He polled in 16 games, the most of all time. So it was an extraordinary year, averaging 32 possessions a game. And then to beat Marcus Bontempelli by three votes, you said Clayton Oliver uh, by five. It was uh, an, ex- an extraordinary win. And you just wonder what Melbourne was thinking too. They had their crack at this bloke in the 2012 draft. Remember, Joey, who they took? They took Clayton Oliver. And no, 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 G- Jimmy Tumpus. Jimmy Tumpus was that draft. And then Jack Ooh. Viney at uh, uh, pick, uh, I think, uh, 26. So Ollie Vines went to Port Adelaide that year, and as he admitted last night, he battled with some homesickness early. There was a few tears in the room when I was drafted to, to Port Adelaide. It was his first year taking over, and uh, the guidance and um, the role model he's been for me is... is so much more than I can imagine and I own so much and um, as I said before this award is more than an individual award this is a team award and um, Kenny's so part of that so Port's faith in Ollie Wines been absolutely rewarded this year Joey it is it's a great show of faith particularly for a top 10 draft pick and we knew he had the talent and you're right he lost a bit of confidence he lost his way a little bit with his footy but what I love about these stories so he went away and worked on his game. I mean, he came back this year and could run. Like, he, he was always great inside. He was always a contested ball beast. But now he could run. He could cover the ground. He was getting a lot more uncontested possessions. And that's what turned him into one of the best midfielders in the competition. And by Brownlow Medal standard, this is one of the greatest yep. seasons in Brownlow Medal history. As you said, 16 games. He polled in 11 of the last 12. Deserved winner. And it took something special to beat mm. Marcus Bontempelli, I must say. 33 votes. It's the most, I think votes ever to lose a Brownlow medal. Uh, it was an extraordinary count. I loved it. It was it was right up to sort of the last couple of rounds. You didn't know where it was going to go, and it even looked like Sam Walsh might have been a chance to win oh. it at one stage. So really enjoyed the count. We might talk about this later, but I was not. I was writing a story for the Herald, and I was not prepared <laughs> oh, for a Sam Walsh victory. <laughs> no, 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 no. I what was, about Darcy Parrish? Were you prepared for that one as well, that, that early bolter? I said to my wife, Jane, I said, if Darcy Parrish and Sam Walsh win, <laughs> I'm in a five story five minutes. Anyway, might get to that a little bit later, but what does Sam Walsh do well? What is it inside the phone books? Because I feel like as a competition, Joey, we're sort of going off the inside midfielder a bit. They're not the flavour of the month. But um, what what did he, what does he do so well? We know he's a big guy. What's so good about him inside the contest, Dolly Wines? Oh, he's just so big that he's hard to stop. He's clean. He wins that first possession, the contested ball and, and the clearance. But then he's now got the ability to also win some ball on the outside and run. He's, he's worked on his endurance. And, uh, yeah, he's now one of the best players in the competition. We can't argue with that. And uh, I think Triple M, we had him as the MVP as oh, well. We so we were onto it. I think we were one of the only few uh, of the media awards that actually had Ollie Wines as the best player in the he competition. He was on on Saturday on the rub, and he was very complimentary of all of you commentators. I know you don't do the head wobble stuff, but I think we need to hear <laughs> this. Sure? Yeah. Uh. yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, pretty um, honoured to win it. You guys are the, the footy experts that we all love and trust, so to get your... Votes during the weeks means a lot. You're welcome, Ollie. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> What's the under and under over on how many times we're going to play that over the next? <laughs> it'll, it'll be in promos. It'll be in everything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. That's our headline for the rest of the week. Well, it's football's night of nights to steal a cliche. And even though the players were scattered all around the country, it was a terrific telecast by Channel 7. But, Jay-Z, in terms of the football and the count, what caught your eye? Yeah, I just wonder, Emma and Joey, whether we've got this right. And, and, and tell me if I'm, I'm losing my mind here. But 29 of the top 30 pollers in last night's Brownlow medal were 
your, your star midfielder, Joey. And I just wonder, with you're a ruckman, you're a star forward or a gun back, like, why don't these blokes get more love with the voting? Why, why are we so obsessed? And we do it. We, we're, we're partially to blame because we do it with our votes and the media awards, you know, for the Herald Sound and Triple M as well. But like, look, you know, round 21 last um, this year, Sam Taylor, GWS defender, kept Hawkins to one goal, 21 disposals, 12 marks, nothing. Tom Stewart in that game against the Western mm. Bulls. And remember Chris Scott said that was the best game was ever. Was it 11 intercept marks or something? Yes. Yes. So he has 20 oppositions. Chris Scott says he's the, it's the best ever game by a defender in the history of the game. Gets only two votes. So he was clearly the best player. What, why are we? Why do we gravitate? Why are we so obsessed by the midfielders, Joe? To the big blokes? Because Max Gorn is the only guy in the top 30, a big bloke to pull in the top 30. Yeah, what, we I, give, should we... No, these guys deserve more love. No, no, that I'm hearing this narrative a lot, and I think we need to get our heads around the best players in the competition are the midfielders. So I think this narrative that we need to spread the votes and why aren't defenders and forwards getting more votes, I think it's because the way the game's evolved, Jay, particularly in the last 10 years, it is played more between the arcs. It is more of a contested game. And the best players in the competition are your midfielders. Yep. So I don't think we can we can argue with it because you can talk about the Brownlow medal, but the coaches' votes who were voted on by the coaches, 18 of the top 20 were midfielders. The other two were Ruckman. Mm. So no defenders and no forwards in the top 20 of the coaches. As you said, all of the uh, the media experts also, when you're judging only three players or four or five players as the best on the ground, generally they are the midfielders because they are the most influential in today's game. It's not like the old days where the key forwards were the most influential they have their on days and, you know, Harry Mackay and, and Franklin and Walker got their votes when they deserved them. Um, but really, it is the midfielders who are the best players in the competition. So what you're saying, it's good news for us, short blokes are better than tall blokes. Is that, they have more influence in games these days. I know there's been the old school adage about the key position players and all that. I think, though, in the modern day, in the modern game of football, uh, the midfielders are the ones that have the most influence. And what about the red carpet? I missed oh, a fair yes. bit of the red carpet. Who mm. stole the show there? What were you doing? It was just, it was glorious stuff. Um, I did watch it uh, with a glass of red, of course. That's mm. how you've got to watch a red carpet. <laughs> uh, Luke Ryan's girlfriend, her name is Cody Galvin. She was wearing this beautiful black strapless elegant gown. She looked gorgeous with a little bit of an Angeline uh, Jolie mm-hmm. uh, slit up the leg. That looked gorgeous. And then I actually think Ollie Wines' girlfriend, Olivia May. Yes who is in a white long sleeve dress with, oh God, I'm useless at this. Why'd you ask me? I think she looked Imagine us trying to do it. Olivia and, <laughs> o- Olivia and Oliver. Olivia, yeah, that's, I know. That's and uh, Lauren Pavlich looked amazing. She oh, had a Zimmerman, Zimmerman dress, dress and yes. it was sort of billowy and very classic and a beautiful pattern. I think she oh, there did it is very there. well. Oh, that's that, nice yeah. in the paper. You know who I Lovely. thought looked beautiful too, by yes. the way? I was great to see Ben Cousins. Speaking yes. of beautiful. He is a beautiful man, Ben Cousins, and I really loved seeing him at the Brownlow Medal last night. What had? What was your approach to the red carpet, Joey? When you sort of walked down there, was it sort of, <laughs> did you have the strut up? Were you trying to avoid no, the cameras? No. What was your approach? Erin uh, would have looked stunning, so yes. you wouldn't yeah. have been able yeah. to take your eyes off her. Yeah, just do what you have to do. Do the right thing. You stop for the photos. <laughs> you... No, I wasn't one. There were people, though, this is true, that would deliberately, because there's a lot of cameras and a lot of people get interviewed, and you can sort of whisk through pretty quickly and you'll get stopped. Yep. Or you can be some of those uh, couples that actually wait oh. for every single oh. And they're oh, always nice. the ones that would stand at the back, and you'd see them waiting. Why are you waiting? It's like, Who? oh, because, hang on, we can't go past this camera. We've got to get a photo here. Got to stop for Jackie Epstein. Got to stop for Jackie in this one. So they're the ones that, that wanted, the, wanted to get into the papers. Uh, they're yes, the ones that used to uh, Good morning, Jackie. She'll be uh, listening. Oh, hello, Jackie. Be yeah. yeah, she's great. The best thing was always the Brownlow after party. That's where things really uh, sort of started to fire up. Maybe later in the week we'll get your best to sort of Brownlow grand, grand final after oh. party stories, uh, Joe. I don't know discuss, whether we'd be allowed to. Got a couple of them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, coming up next, this is exciting. 407 games, four premierships, 
an absolute legend of the game, Sean Burgoyne, to give us a bell. We're with you all grand fun week right here. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Emma Friedman. It's meant to be a team effort on this show. No I in team, but there's an I in winner. (laughs) Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Grand Final Week Edition. The team at Bunnings Trade can help you tackle any job because helping business is their trade. Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Well, after an incredible career, Sean Burgoyne this year decided it was time to hang up the boots, but the legacy he leaves is extraordinary. 407 games and four premierships. He knows what grand finals are all about, so only fair we have him on our show this morning. Welcome to Dead Set Legend, Sean. First of all, to kick off, how are you looking forward to this weekend's grand final? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm actually a little bit jealous. I'm still I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I think it's going to be a cracking game. Both teams are, you know, got through their prelims. You know, playing the best footy they've played all year. So, um, fingers crossed they both play that same way, and um, we get we're unbelievable grand final. Um, I think you know the, the the prelims are a bit of a letdown because it was such so one sided. I think everyone's hoping for a much closer grand final and. I'm tipping Melbourne to to get up. Sean, you played in five grand finals, so no one knows about the week better than you. But let's go back to your first grand final, 2004, when you were playing for Port Adelaide. What was the week like? What was the build-up? Can you remember? It was a long time ago. How did you feel? Well, it was a a different one, Lee. Um, um, I remember that. We obviously bombed out in the in the previous two years. So I think we'd finished top of the ladder, I think, the, the previous two years. And... We actually didn't make the grand final 2000 and actually one, two and three, sorry, the previous three years. Um, so 2004 was a big relief. Um, a lot of the players were coming towards the end of their careers and we'd just beaten St Kilda the week before in the prelim and we, we just got over the line in that game and, you know, Fraser Garrett kicked his 100th goal in that, in that game. Probably Fraser kicking his 100th in the first quarter saved us the game because St Kilda were giving us a hiding. Um, in, in the prelim and when we got over the line it was I remember it just being a big relief um, and and then we got into the granny and then everyone just it, it was enjoying that it's kind of like the pressure had been released and um, we just we just enjoyed the week to be honest because the, the, the previous three years we hadn't even got there so yeah, as I remember being um, a big celebration, to be honest, just to even get to the grand final. Speaking of Hawthorne and Port Adelaide champ, Sean E. Burgoyne. Now, Sean, we call you Silk. We call you the Clutch, uh, the clutch King, the Iceman. You're always so big in those big nervous. I've always wondered, did, did you ever get nervous? Did you ever have anxiety <laughs> on the big stage? Because you always appeared to be the most calm, most composed man out there. What was going on inside that tummy of yours? Yeah, I, uh, early days when I was younger, I used to get um, nervous a lot. Um, and then, I don't know, as you get a little bit older, you start to mature a bit. And then, I don't know, you always, there's always sports likes at the club and senior players and, and your coaches and senior lot. And speaking with them, um, a lot of them um, started to tell me to embrace the nerves and embrace the excitement. Um, and that's what I started to do. And um, instead of shying away from the nerves and the excitement, I started to embrace it and um, and look forward to those nerves and, and try to use it to, to my advantage um, because it, it was never going to go away. And then as I got older, yeah, I just started to look forward to it and the big games and the crowd and um, I wanted more people there and 
you know, then you just start to feed off that. So probably a bit of a mindset change, to be honest. Joey, I always imagine sort of Clark in the three-quarter time huddle, just sort of looking towards Johnny Bergwijn, and, and, and Berg's just giving him a wink. You know, don't worry, Clark. I've, <laughs> I've got, got this. I sort of got yeah, this. I, got so, I, know how, I know how this sort of works. Now, what do you think Clarko's going to do, um, Sean? Because, I mean, it's the, the big question being asked in Melbourne at the moment, especially Cookie now going to uh, Carlton and the opportunity there. Do you feel like the fire still burns for Alistair Clarkson? Yeah, I think it does. Um, but, you know, he's pretty adamant he wants to take a year off. Um, he'd been coaching Hawthorne, you know, for I think 18 years straight. So something along those lines. Um, so it's a long time. Um, everything I've been I've seen and I've been told is he wants to take a year off and recharge his batteries and then, and then he's going to have a crack um, somewhere. But, um, you know, I expect him to take a year off, to be honest. But Carlton seemed to be coming pretty hard for him, so it'd be pretty hard to, to mm. turn him down. It'd be very hard to turn him down, but yeah, I, I'm, from what I believe, he's taking a year off. Hey, Sean, before we let you go, and thank you for your time, we're going to ask all our guests this week that have played in grand finals, is there any grand final story for the lead-up, whether it's a grand final parade, something that, that happened that not many people might know about? Yeah, there's there's a, a strange one. Um, in 2004, I was in the grand final with Byron Pickett, and uh, we were sitting side by side, and, um, and a bird did a did a poo on his shoulder. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't an ordinary one. It was like a fluorescent green colour. It was like really... <laughs> I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in, in bird poo, but it was fluorescent green. And it, it hit him in the shoulder and it kind of... We looked at each other and I said to him, That's good luck. And he goes, it and is. And I, and I said, You're gonna, I said, We're going to win tomorrow and you're going to win the Norm Smith. Oh, um, and he did. And, and he did. And he did. Wow, <laughs> there you go. So that, that was the problem in 2009 and 10, Joe. That's, what we, that's what we missed out on in 2009 <laughs> and 10. <laughs> Just didn't get any bird trees. poop on Rui's shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, and it was flirting green. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> bird had eaten something it shouldn't have, it sounds like to me. <laughs> hey, Sean, a quick tip for the weekend. Who's going to win and what's the margin? Yeah, I'm tipping Melbourne, to be honest. Um, I think Maxi Gorn's on, on fire mm. as well. So um, I reckon 10 points, and I reckon um, Petraka for the for the Norm Smith. Mm. Yeah, Absolutely good. love it, Sean. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. Congratulations also on your career. We look forward to talking to you next year um, and getting all your football analysis across the channels of Triple M. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, good on you, Sean. We've just got a text from Hamish McLaughlin, big fan of the show, Joey, and he says, Sean Bergen is Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. I'm Winston Wolf. I nice. solve problems. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good, like good morning to you, Ham. Now, Joey picked up the Herald Sun this morning, and I just absolutely loved reading Jay-Z's mm-hmm. analysis, his roundup of the Brownlow medal. He did a great job, didn't he? He did indeed. He was very stressed, though, weren't, weren't yep. you, Jay-Z? Because you had very to change. get the deadline <laughs> with the article. You had to get it in there straight away. But I just wanted, before you oh, give no. us your story about you know yeah. getting this, how you came about writing oh, this article, no. because we didn't know the winner up until round 21, but I just like this line. You made sure you threw in there nice and early. Yeah. The man who started as an $81 long shot claims the greatest <laughs> prize. Now, in here at Dead Set Legends, we know there might be a bit of self-interest in that mm. and a little bit of self-indulgence because you have been <laughs> spruiking all year that you backed Ollie yes. Wines after round three at $81. Yeah. Oh, and have a look. Jay-Z just throws it in the article. He was $81 <laughs> yeah, to start the year. Yeah. Hey, you would have been yeah. happy with that as you were writing the article. Well, I know this was sort of Ollie's night, but really. <laughs> <laughs>
potentially a bit more about me. And it's only about um, uh, 12.30 last night that I told my wife that I was going to wonder just then as I said it, I thought, oh, does your wife know that you had a nice collect? Yeah, so after round three, so he went, um, very good, Joey. So he went 30 possessions round one, 38 round two, and I think 26 possessions round three. And you know, I'm always looking for a nice little uh, you know your footy, you footy know. bet, uh, Joey. So I thought I'd have a little $25 nolly once uh, for the brown loan. Sure enough. <laughs> Did you, wasn't I cheering him home uh, last night? So the emotions fluctuate when you're sort of financially invested in the man from Echuca getting it up. But you did um, have to write the article about yes. the winner and you had to de- basically have a 15-minute deadline after the award was given. And you didn't, didn't know who was going to win, so I'm sure you did your prep on most of the favourites. Yeah. But as we said off the top, yes. had you done your prep on Darcy <laughs> Parrish or Sam Walsh? Because at one yeah. stage it looked like Walsh or yeah. Parrish could have caused a big boil over. I'm anxious at the best of times, let's be honest. So when <laughs> Sam Walsh and Darcy Parrish, well, I think Sam Walsh, Tied Marcus Bontempelli for the lead on 30 votes, round 19 or something. Sweating bullets at this stage. <laughs> Beating from my Aww. forehead. Because I'd prepared for uh, Clayton Oliver. I'd prepared for Marcus Bontempelli. I'd pre- prepared for my man, Ollie Wine. So when Darcy Parrish and Sam Walsh start making a genuine... And you could even see in their faces, they were starting to get a nerve, bit nervous. Yeah. Hang on. Am I going to win this? So I would have been in an absolute world of trouble if one of those two youngsters uh, got up. But thankfully, I'd had a bit prepared on the other two. So, and he's a punishing deadline. So when the siren goes, bang, you've got to have that uh, that story in. And then a few quotes, you know, he was he, the, the great anecdote about calling 3AW and then the pork crackle and all that. So we whipped a couple of those in there and look, no text messages from my sports editor this morning before Ooh, 7 o'clock. Which that's is, a win. Which is a, which is a huge <laughs> win. And Joey here has been winding me up all morning saying, oh gee, I read your story last night, Jay-Z, there's something I want to talk to you about. That's, I've been thinking all morning there's a mistake in there, but uh, um, great article. Great I think article. we're all good and I survived another uh, Brownlow. Um, so how'd you come down then? Because it would have been pretty anxious for you. Did you relax yeah. afterwards? Did you That's sort of a couple of little... glasses of Pinot? Because <laughs> you look a bit, you, throw you look like you'd have had a heap of sleep. Four mm. beers, I reckon. Just to oh, quickly, yeah. just to sort of take the edge off things. And it is, I find it hard to sleep after a nighttime deadline. A bit sort of wound up and Look, he's after a um, game, Joe, when you played, did you find it easy to sleep? No, or? I found it hard to sleep. Yeah, yeah. a bit the same. Game of are footy, you, writing an article. Yeah. Are you, yeah, are you <laughs> kind of comparing yourself to Joey's Is there an ad break soon, Rosie? No, 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 keep going. It's the yeah. same. Writing an article no, in a game of footy, you're right. It's hard to, mm. to wind down and sleep. So, no, yeah, no, yeah. very good job. Well done. Could we take ourselves any more seriously, <laughs> Mate, you look good this morning. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Emma Friedman. This, this. is Triple M's Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Edition. Now, we love an easing of restrictions across the country in these COVID times. And I've got to say, uh, the allowance to have a picnic over the weekend, I am fully vexed, was just an absolute delight. But it did come with a couple of risks, uh, boys and girls. Um, You know, picnics are going to be exciting for the next couple of months, but we didn't have a picnic rug. So we had to use the... um, we had to use a towel, Rosie, which was just an amateur no. kind of effort because they oh. the, the moisture from the grass no. does bleed through the <laughs> yeah. towel. It does. And what, that's what they do. They're absorbent. <laughs> 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 On top of that, though, um, I mean, a picnic's not a picnic without mm-hmm. an, an adult beverage. beverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, we, we didn't have a cooler bag either, so we had to use Will's insulated lunchbox <laughs> to pop five beers in. So, five? Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, like your Peppa Pig style or... 
Oh, uh, yeah, it's dinosaurs on it. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. Um, how did your picnics go over the yeah, weekend? We, did you enjoy it? We did. We snuck out for a little picnic Saturday afternoon. We got about 40 minutes in before it started to bucket down rain, but mm. that's okay. It was nice to get out there and mm-hmm. same thing, fair to say, whatever was in my drink bottle, nobody needs to know about. <laughs> but, uh, you can't have a picnic without just having one or two little beverages. I'm not sitting before. on grass for two hours exactly. sober. <laughs> exactly right. I, yeah. sort of, I sort of picture us all, you know, um, when you – I probably haven't done this, but you know when you sort of run through a field of um, sunflowers? Yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's basically us. When we, when we go to our first it was like that, wasn't it? Oh, so it's nice. the wholesome content yeah. that we needed over this grim kind of period yeah. of history. But I hope the picnic sticks around, boys, because it was just a glorious sight to see so many people sitting mm. around enjoying each other's company. Frolicking. And what I did really enjoy, people stuck to the rules of, Five people, you know, it was only five people in their little picnics. Mm-hmm. They might have been connected by, you know, little ropes or something to like <laughs> get to other picnics, but it was great to see. Hey, after 10, a former Melbourne star and one of our own, Bernie Vince, is going to jump on the blower. He's going to be headed west for the grand final and let us know how things are going for the D's um, and our big barbecues galore quiz very shortly as well. Stay tuned as to when to call. It's coming up on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, and Emma Friedman. Mm. So you rate yourself as a beer pong player and a boxer. And And a runner and and a cyclist. And a a cricketer. What a flog. (laughs) Triple M's Dead Set Legends. You said it, not us. Grand Final Week Edition. The team at Bunnings Trade can help you tackle any job because helping business is their trade. Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Thanks for joining us. A big second hour coming up. An insight into Grand Final Week with Joey. I mean, Jay and I can only dream about what the build-up to the big dance is all about. And Bernie Vince to give us a bell as well. He's headed to Perth for the Grand Final, no doubt picking up numerous cash jobs to pay for a summer jet ski or <laughs> something like that. Jet I have no ski. idea what's on his agenda. Yeah. Have you had to hold a jet ski? Does he have to quarantine? And what are the odds no, he's going to? Adelaide. He can, he oh, can he's do what he likes. Of yep, yeah, of course. Hey, Jay-Z, we love a pick yes. one. Try and give uh, Joey a curly question uh, each day, and I just well, we haven't really touched on Clayton Oliver yet, Joey. So I'm just I'm just wondering. Until now, we've always sort of thought that Christian Petrarca was the better of the two Melbourne Demon midfielders. Now, if you could only pick one, who would you rather, Christian Petrarca or Clayton Oliver, who finished third in the Brownlow Medal with 31 votes, five behind Ollie Wine? Just in my team, or specifically Last for Grand night. Final Day, or just just who's the better player? Who's the better? Who would player? you take? So mm. schoolyard. Yep. You only have to pick one of them, Petrarca or Oliver. Who do you want your team? Have a think about that one. We'll get the answer later. I need time to think about that. Marinade. Yeah. That's one to marinate. I did like Christian Petrarca's. Uh Nikes that he wore with his suit last night. I thought that was a very savvy look. Mm. Hey, time to grill you with some questions from our barbecues galore mm. quiz. The Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Quiz for Barbecues Galore. Barbecue better this summer with Barbecues Galore. They've got the tools and the gear to fire up this barbecue season. Barbecuesgalore.com.au Don't say just, uh, we're putting you on the hot plate this week to try and win yourself a $5,000 Barbecues Galore voucher. I just had a look up at Barbecues Galore. 5000 bucks. you can buy an unbelievable like six-burner barbecue. Oh, they're amazing. Eight-burner. And an awesome outdoor setting. You could probably get both for $5,000. I want to get a fridge. It's a killer price. That's awesome. Yeah. I think a fridge is kind of important. When you've got the big barbecue setting, you need the fridge for the beverages as well just to really complete (laughs) how it looks and how it feels as well. Hey, uh, this is how it works. A little bit different to the one we do on the weekends. There's five questions to answer. It's last man or woman standing, but each question has a five-second time limit to answer the question. If you can't do it, we move on to the next caller. We're basically trying to cut out the Googlers that are trying to Google the answer as they're on (laughs) air. And this is what you'll hear. 
It's Triple M's. Oh, no, that's not the one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh, that's on the grill. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah, you've got your snag, your steak. Everything you could possibly need, and then you conk out, and we go to the next caller. And the person who answers the final question correctly today moves on to sudden death. The quiz on Thursday for their chance to win that voucher, and of course, our quiz master is Joseph. And it is, of course, a grand final theme. So that is the theme of the week: grand final question. So we'll get straight into it because Jay is waiting online. Good morning, Jay. How you going? All right, mate. Let's whip through these five questions. Let's see if you can sweep the board. Question one. It's been spoken about a lot over the last week or so, but what year did Melbourne last win their premiership? Uh, 57 years ago, it would be 1964. Yes, good man. Well, well thought well out. Done, good one. Question good one. Maths, yeah, very good maths. <laughs> Give yourself a rap, big fella. <laughs> well, I need a new Barbie. The last one caught on fire. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh no. Geez. How did that happen? Oh, gee. Oh, Gasper didn't check the gas bottle and... Uh, yeah. Can we trust Jay with this prize? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm fully trained now, don't worry. All fully right. trained. So what you're saying is that your last barbecue blew up on you? Basically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you didn't have one from barbecues galore, yes, though, Jay. That exactly. was the real clincher there. No, yeah. it wasn't with the Bunnings one, so I'm upgrading. Oh, we like Bunnings too. It's yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 barbecues yeah. galore better. They won't blow up. <laughs> hey, but let's, uh, let's hope you know your footy so you can sweep the board. Question two. The player that is judged to be the best performer throughout the AFL final series... Now wins what medal? Who's the medal named after? Uh, Gary Ayres. Yes, Good. the Gary Ayres medal, of course. Ah. Dusty's won it the last couple of years. Yep. He's absolute star. Question three. Kanjay. The record for the most goals in a grand final is nine. There are two players that hold that record. Can you name one of them? Uh, Gary Ablett. Yes, oh. Gary Ablett Senior. Back in stuff, doesn't 1989. Yes. Nine goals in a losing grand final. Oh. Question four. Is that the best grand final of all time, Joey? Uh, the 2010 89? draw is probably pretty good. Yeah, okay. Who captained <laughs> Melbourne okay, mate. in their most recent <laughs> AFL grand final? Back in 2000, who was the captain of Melbourne? Uh, I'm taking a guess here. I'm going to say David Neat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Oh, well done. And this is for the prize. Uh, to go into the draw, I should say, to win the prize, you'll have to come yes. back for the finals mm. on Thursday. This so, is like a preliminary final. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully you're available Thursday to do it. I'm sure you, you I'll, I'll take it out. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. He's got to answer it first. Right. Let's not put the moz on him. Who is the most recent Brownlow medal winner to also play in a grand final in the same year? Uh, Dustin Martin. Oh, yes. Well done. I'm a Tigers man. Oh, there you go. You know that one, 2017, of course. So well done to you, mate. All right, Jay, well done to you. As Joey said, just put it in your diary. Yeah. Thursday, we'll be back 9 till 12, and you can get involved. The hope of winning that voucher, Jay-Z. So, huh? Emma, we're doing the quiz all week. Yeah, do we just need Joey to just make it a little bit more difficult, the questions? Because oh, Jay's can just, you always like the more difficult? Just, oh, we need it. Just know. trying to work out if we're going to have winners Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, how are we going to do Thursday? We'll we're, do a Thursday winner as well, and then later in the show, we'll bring them all together, the four winners. Four so of them? Have, okay. Yeah, so oh, I think we're doing something with the phone, Thursday. so everyone will be on at once. So you might have to yell out your name or something oh, like that. Let's have okay. a production meeting. Well, production yeah. meeting thing. Just start <laughs> getting the, uh, the AFL Shall record we? out. Uh, Jay, just start doing some homework. <laughs> Grand uh, final week homework. Jay-Z, there's only one person in this studio who knows what the build-up to the big dance is all about, and it's our man, Joey. Yep. Can you just... Can you just give us an insight about, you know, your five sleeps out, Joey? What are you feeling if you're playing in it? Yeah, Sean Burgoyne touched on it earlier in the show. It's the first big thrill for an AFL player because as much as you want to win a grand final, you've got to get there first. So, it's, so the thrill of actually playing in a grand final is, is awesome. So you do get the, the, the butterflies and the adrenaline running straight away. 
and everything becomes heightened. So the first thing that happens is you get a, you get stopped a lot more on the street. People wanting to chat to you at the cafe, and you'd love it, Jay-Z, that sort of grand final. <laughs> People wanting to chat to you more and asking you all these questions. It, there's just a, a lot more of, of a buzz. So you've yep. got a lot more people sending you text messages and, uh, asking and, and asking questions. And tickets always <laughs> becomes a big one. We always got told, organise your tickets at the start of the week. Don't try and be dealing with it on a Thursday or Friday. And yeah. what you can stress. do, you don't need to stress. Get it done early in the week. But um, the other thrill too for me was the training session grand final week. Like everybody comes out to watch training. Yeah. So at Moorabbin in, in 2009, when we played in that first grand final, we had 15,000 people wow. pack Moorabbin just to watch us train. So I'll never forget when, uh, as we're in the, you know, you're in the change rooms getting ready, getting your ankles strapped and everyone can go out on the track whenever you're ready for the 10 o'clock session. As the boys were going out, you'd hear this massive roar from inside wow. the rooms. And every time a player ran out, everyone erupted and would clap and, and give you a sort of a big cheer. So, of course, Milne, he went out. He got the cheer. So he did the old, you know what, I'll pretend to go back into the rooms. He came He came back in for five minutes, just potted around, pretending he goes, I'm going back out for a second time. So he ran back out a second time, got another big roar. Yeah. Yep. So we all got to experience that. And even when we did our warm-up lap, so we do your warm-up lap, obviously, before you start, and the whole crowd just cheered the whole way around. And it was awesome. And even for Rui, who's the biggest stress head of grand final week, we did one lap and we looked around he goes, you boys need to do another warm-up lap? And we said, yeah, let's just do two warm-up laps. Just revel in it. Just to revel in it and enjoy the moment. Because as Sean Burgoyne said, you need to embrace it. You need to sort of feel it and and, uh, not shy away from it. So that was the the big thrill. And then, of course, the grand final parade is the other big moment. And we had a couple of contrasting experiences. In 2010, it was – sorry, 2009, it was bucketing down rain. So, unfortunately, uh, St Kilda Geelong, we had to sit inside the cars – so we didn't get that thrill of sitting on the back and, mm. and being able to enjoy it. And then, of course, 2010, when we played Collingwood, it was a beautiful day. It was warm. Got to sit on the uh, on the back of the Utes, and we almost got booed half the way around the uh, the city by all the Collingwood fans. And yeah. then Nick Rewalt, when we got to hold the cup, him and Nick Maxwell and Rui was getting interviewed, they all booed him. Like, it became a real, this is your grand final parade. You're meant to enjoy this. And the Collingwood fans, and we'll ask Rui when he comes on tomorrow, he got booed, and he hated that, and it was a bit of a like, oh, right, it's on now. Like, for as much as the thrill of the (laughs) grand final parade, it stoked the fire and uh, turned in, obviously, that great 2010 draw and grand final. So it is a great experience for any player to play in a grand final. And in 2010, the grand final parade, do you remember me interviewing you in the car? Yeah. Uh, No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? Yes. No, I can't remember that. Oh, it's a highlight for me, Joey. You've met your hero. Now I understand how this relationship works. But, yeah, you are nervous. You are nervous. And I was lucky I was living with um, my housemate, Justin Kaczynski, at the time. So you could get to sort of share the nerves a little bit. Like I remember. So how did you go grand final morning? Morning. Breakfast? Breakfast. I'm eating breakfast, and I'm sitting across from Cozzy, and I – is your breakfast struggling to go down this morning? He goes, yeah. I said, yeah, me too. Just can't eat his breakfast as well as I usually would. But um, you do get the butterflies and the nerves, and – uh, it's a great experience. So you walk into the change rooms for the first time. Tell me, what's the the mood? What's the tension? Is there tension straight away? You relax, like you got Ross prowling the joint like a uh, like a saber tooth tiger. I'm sure it's what unique. The- no, it's a, it's a unique feeling because the grand final day, your preparation is different to any every other week because of the entertainment. So we were literally warming up in the car park underneath the ground because you couldn't go on the ground because oh, they had yes. the pregame entertainment. So we'd have to wear our runners and we're doing our high knees and our skips and all that in the underground car park at the MCG. And then when you're in the rooms, you can actually hear the um, the band playing. Who were the bands So I remember uh, Lionel Richie. I literally remember bopping to Dancing oh, on the Ceiling. Lionel Richie. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, 
What a feeling. <laughs> I remember popping away. Oh, wow. And what did Nick Rewalt say when he saw you sort of clicking your fingers and swaying your hips in the in the Shut pr- up, dancing? Joey. No, <laughs> everyone was allowed to do their own different okay. things. Some people <laughs> so were So Lionel Richie, and, and then the next year, do you remember? Um, oh, sorry, I'm putting you on the you spot. You are putting me on the spot. It wasn't sorry, meatloaf, was no, it? No, it wasn't meatloaf. Oh, we didn't have oh. the meatloaf year. They weren't Roger. as memorable as Lionel Richie. I think no, that's Lionel Richie so. was awesome. Yeah, how good is that? Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Grand Final Week Edition. Triple M. Now, that's fortuitous that we're playing in excess <laughs> because they were actually week one or the first grand final of 2010, Joey. We were oh, just yes. talking about the, yep. the performance acts before you went out onto the, the ground. And then the week after uh, for the replay was Lionel Richie. He was the replay. Oh, so yes. I probably should have done less bopping and more focusing, <laughs> focusing. on the game. Right. Yeah, that yeah, was. And yeah. what was 2009? Because I can't remember. Ah, Yes. Thank t- you very much, Wikipedia, for this. Mark mm. Seymour, Jimmy Barnes, John Farnham, and the Qantas Choir. Oh, no And the I... national anthem was done by the Jersey Boys. Oh, no wonder I can't really remember much and of that And then one. Meatloaf was 2011. I was there watching it from sort of like a ground level before I went to my seats. Did and I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad from right. there. Yeah. So okay. I had no idea what was going it. on until I got to Twitter later that <laughs> afternoon and went, ooh, <laughs> you need to go get your ears checked after. <laughs> it was fine in the stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still for me, the killer's still the best you could have gotten. Agreed. 100%. Yes. Hey, at the moment, we are living the lockdown life. Uh, yesterday, Dan Andrews gave us the plan to, end, to exit lockdown once vaccination rates are up in Victoria. So the 26th of October, 70 cent fully vaxxed, some easing of restrictions. And then the big day, hopefully the 5th of November, is when Victoria will reach 80% fully vaxxed uh, for COVID-19, which is the day before State Day. State Day, day Melbourne Cup weekend. I'm looking forward to that for a number so, of reasons. Yeah, five more weeks of lockdown. And we do have to tip our lid to, we think he's the king of lockdown. He's the lockdown king. It's Jay-Z. He's got the three kids, the wife, the homeschooling. Both Jay and Jane are working. He's a community man, so he's missing out on a lot. And you have put together a six-point plan as to how to endure these trying times. You are the pin-up for the lockdowns. I've got another word to describe myself. King's not the first one to come to mind, it's fair to say, especially not throughout the pandemic. But it's fair to say as parents, we've had quite the time, haven't we, over the past 18 months? Like, remember the glory days, for example, when we used to have a a full wine rack? Remember, like, you had the... (laughs) A what? A full wine rack. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when you took the Dale to, like, the Bross in 2012, got the special cabernet, the, you know, Clare Valley (laughs) number? Like, they're all gone. They're long gone. On. It's, now it's like the wine of the week from Thirsty Camel. That's, 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 all, that's, that's all we've got. So and when you get an Uber to you and it's $20 yeah. more expensive. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Inspiration. Everybody knows what that feels like at the moment. But I, was at, I was at the playground just the other day solving another crisis. Like you think the Middle East, they've got problems. Try rocking up to a playground with three kids that's got two swings. Joey, that is when your peacekeeping skills really come to the fore. So I was in another one of those, you know, like, oh, Daddy, can you push me the same? amount as as Fletcher or Stella like it's not always that easy to push the same anyway so I was <laughs> having a real time but it's fair to say at the plug and I thought right I'm going to have a crack at the, the, the six point guide to the pandemic for yeah. parents or mm. some sort I don't know where I was at it, it was a tough morning a anyway so <laughs> this was my parents guide to the pandemic now point number one very important the floor is lava Joey Always lava. Now, you haven't lived till you've been in the lounge room and one of your children just throws a cushion at you, right, and just like then jumps on it, you know, because you can't step on the carpet. The floor is always lava. Point two, there are 14 meals in a day. Uh I like this one. 
fair income. Any danger the kids can eat all of what they're meant to eat at the time they're meant to eat it because you, you no. sort of go to the effort of cooking up something and then they eat like a third of it and then 30 minutes later, what do they say, Joey? They want yogurt or fruit or something else after. My God. Will's um, dinner yesterday was half a packet of sarkatas. That's how we're <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And there's some nutritional value in there. Let's be there's honest. Barbecue? Or just Keep plain? the energy up. Uh, the seaweed ones. Oh, we nice. My son, yeah. Right. Yeah. Extra nutrition. <laughs> now, the third one, and this has been tough and emotional. We all know about this. Sorry, mate, the playground's broken again. That was... Oh. Now, that's that was been resolved testing. now. Yeah. That's good. Uh, but on a, on a lighter note, more Bluey. You know, oh. like, we've all seen... <laughs> We've all seen the Bluey episodes. Like if, if you, um, we've all got our favourite Bluey episodes, Joey. To be Speaking honest. of Bluey, and Noah's yep. going through this stage. He's just over three. He's now playing this game with a balloon called Keepy Uppy, where mm. the balloon has to not touch the ground. My God, he wants to play it for like hours straight. <laughs> Dad, can you play with me the whole time? Keepy Uppy. Yep. That's a Bluey game. Yep. Save oh, the ball. it's doing my head yep. in at the moment. <laughs> I love him the bitch, but seriously, how long can you keep a balloon? Give it up a rest, from, mate. Come the on. Ground? I personally like Baby Race. If you haven't seen that, that's quite good. And the Grandma's <laughs> episode as well. Like oh. my kids now sit on the couch and go, Janice, Janice, they try and make <laughs> Fantastic. Now, we've all been trying to work somehow throughout this period. So point number five, yes, you can sit on my lap while I type, just don't press the, and then sure oh, enough, they'll come oh, in. Oh, no. Control alt delete. Yeah. Yes, and then your stories contain all this sort of funky stuff. So we appreciate um, our kids' contributions to our work life throughout the period. <laughs> and number six, probably the most uh, important one throughout the whole thing, fourpillars.com.au. Now, we've oh, been yes. loving our gins. Lately, especially the Shiraz, Shiraz gin from Four Pillars, and uh, and the Negroni. Oh, and the, the spice mm. Negroni is good. So we've been to be a lifeblood. I don't even Joey. have been a saviour. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging. Oh, I also put... commented when you first put this on Instagram. You can also see it at Triple M Footy on yep. the Insta story. But Four Pillars at number six, rubbish. Yeah, put that higher for <laughs> you. Absolutely rubbish. That needs to be number one, Rose. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's get our priorities straight. I did that. I just didn't want to look bad or worse <laughs> yeah. anyway. Mate, let's just we'll talk about those habits later. Hey, we want to get your additions to the six-point plan as to how to endure lockdown. You can get on our socials at Triple M Footy on Twitter or Instagram. Add to the list. Um, let's go to John in Croydon. How are you getting through lockdown, mate? Hey, guys. Uh, home gym. Mm. Which is, uh, it's a result of last year's lockdown. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it gets used every single day. <laughs> I'm jealous. Has your I think your workouts are important. Yeah. Has your workout routine going, Joe? I'm waiting till footy season finishes, <laughs> and then I'll get it, and then I'll get into it when is the that, weather warms up. I'm a fair weather trainer. Is that like diet starts Monday? Yeah. Yeah. Finishes yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Three days, that's all you need. Yeah, John, I agree with you. I've got to admit, boys, I've actually taken to the exercise train now. After two kids in two years, I've picked up running, but I'm doing it at the ungodly hour of 5.30 in the morning so I can just frame my mind up to battle them with the children indoors for the next, you know, 12 hours. So I am I am running. Well are done. you not proud of me? Come no, on. no, yeah, man, no. Absolutely. It's, it's great. It's Danny. You look great. Right. Yeah. Tom from Endeavour Hills, uh, how are you getting through lockdown? I think I'm doing what everyone else is doing. Uh, I've sort of been doing exercise programs, one in the morning. I just finished it, actually. Um, go for a walk. Oh, by the way, I'm in my 60s, so a bit different to Joey. Um, uh, go for a walk during a 3, 4K walk after lunch, and then at night uh, do a lot of push-ups and, um, and watch my diet, change my diet, become a vegetarian during the week. So at weekends, I still week. have a roast. Yeah. Yeah. How have you found it, yeah. Tom? Well, easy. I, I, I was dropping so much kilos, I had to start eating snacks during the day. Otherwise, I was going to keep going sort of like I, I was 81. Right. And now I'm, I'm, this morning I was 78 kilos when I weighed myself. And that's what I've been now for a year since last year's lockdown. So 78's more like my high school weight. 
So I'm 62 years old, so... Well done. You know, I'm not dwelling on that, John, at all, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what, the, the vegetarianism, and also I don't... I used to eat a lot of bread, and I've cut it down to just four slices a day. Yeah, that's, and that's okay. That's, just that's four. Real... <laughs> carbs, cut out the carbs. Well done to Jim. Yeah. A bit of inspiration there. So Tom? he's saying he's... Tom, Tom, uh, Tom. Sorry, Tom, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Tom, um, that was a test, Joey. Um, that was yeah. like I remember. So vegetarianism. I remember um, sitting with uh, Rodney Ead. He he said, "How was your pre-season, Rocket?" He said, "Good. I'm a vegetarian now." And in the next break, proceeded to smash down three sausage rolls. <laughs> so Rocket, the whole vegetarian thing for Rocket didn't really. I think sort of... he's yeah. He's got confused as to what vegetarian really is. Uh, finally, Jim in the Western Suburbs. Good morning to you. How are you getting through lockdown? Hey, good morning, all. How are you getting through Hello. lockdown, Jim? Oh, hey. Um, hey. Well, Luckily enough, I, I'm one of the essential workers still being able to work through. I, I wish everyone was, was currently working as well, but unfortunately that's not the case. Um, I'm getting through lockdown by you know positive positive thinking, just doing a lot of research, just seeing, keeping an eye on what's going on. Um, just really just not getting sucked into to all the mainstream media just you know, with all this sort of fear-mongering, you know, and just keeping an eye on all the good things that are happening that you know, people aren't happy with, you know, so it gives me faith. So if you look at the, the CMFEU today, people, all the workers that aren't too happy about the mandates, they're out and standing up for their rights. So, yeah, good on them and, and uh, good on anyone else who, who doesn't believe in being blackmailed into the, all this sort of stuff. Nice, Jim. Positive vibes. Positive vibes are the key. I mean, let's be honest. All of our listeners, they've got the positive vibes. We were just asking for people how many bottles of wine are through the week. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's the our producer, really George after. Porter, has just uh, let me know on our computer. Uh, he's rearranged his wine fridge in order from price at the top to the cheapest at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, that's low, George. So <laughs> that was like when Nicholas Spurrier asked us if we wanted to rearrange our sock drawer or something, mm. wasn't it? At one stage, to try and stay yeah. at home and occupy his time. You know what? Nah, just let's move on to the uh, the next Netflix show. Joey Montagna, Jay Z Clark, and Emma Friedman. This, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Edition. Triple M. Great to have our own Bernie Vince on the line this morning. He's going to be headed to Perth for the Grand Final, of course. The joy of being in South Australia, a COVID-free state at the moment. That's just glorious for him. Bernard, morning. Welcome to the show. Monday, we're five sleeps out. How the nerves is a demon's man. Yeah, g'day, guys. Uh, about time a bit of quality got on the breakfast show, too. It's <laughs> oh, good to see. here uh, he is. <laughs> uh, no, nah, it's very good. Good to see. Uh, no, nah, excited. I'm really excited about Saturday. Obviously, uh, spent five years at Melbourne and still close with a lot of the players there. And, uh, yeah, they're excited and I think they've they've probably well them and the Bulldogs they spent a lot of time in the in the number one and number two position on the ladder for the majority of this year. So I think we got the two best teams and they play a real final style of footy too that real contested uh, stoppage st- style. So. Really looking forward to be a great contest, probably a really close grand final, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. You are looking forward to the game, of course, Bernie, but we know you. We mm-hmm. know that you're heading over to Perth <laughs> and there is plenty yeah. of opportunities to do a lot of functions because mm-hmm. there are not, not, not many people that can get Cash over there and, uh, and attend some functions, <laughs> particularly as a former Melbourne yes. great. So just tell us, what's your week lined up like? How much uh, work, pleasure and play is in this uh, few days over in Perth? Yeah, I've got a full book, Joey. Full book. Um, I was originally going over Friday, but there was just too much to fit in. So I've changed my flights to Thursday. And, yeah, I'm going to be very tired uh, come Monday. But uh, we're on actually on Brecky over here in Adelaide too at the moment. So 
uh, a bit earlier starts. But, yeah, i got a full book, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, Joey. Just get down to the Coddle, the OBH there, nice little uh, pub down there on the water. But tell us about the transformation in Melbourne. Now, you got there what, 2014, shortly after Ruzi, and you and him basically cleaned up the joint. You left in 2018 as they charged to a preliminary final, and then you said uh, basically handed over the reins. But what was it like when you rocked up, the standards, the culture, the values, all that, versus when you left? Yeah, the, the probably the biggest thing. I, I came the same time as Ruzi arrived, and uh, Daniel Cross also come across from the Bulldogs. Uh, he was a big driver of standards in terms of training, and they're actually training-wise, the, the group was pretty good. They were a really fit team. That always like I reckon they almost they, they they concentrated more on their running times than what they'd actually you know actually playing and training footy. So um, that certainly changed when Ruzi came and. Um, a lot of list changes, a lot of changes in the whole football department, new CEO, a lot of new assistant coaches, and obviously Rusey was in charge. Um, I think we had 30-something list changes in my first three years at Melbourne, so a lot, a lot of change, and just created standards that um, that weren't at the footy club at the time that he arrived, Paul Ruse, and I wouldn't have gone to the Melbourne footy club unless Paul Ruse was in, in charge, so he was a big part of me coming there, and um, it's taken its time, but uh, you know, in '18, we played in the prelim final and uh, and got got reasonably close. Probably wasn't quite ready the group, but uh, I think that sort of loss and dropping back down the ladder has really driven this group to be where they are now. And I think we've all seen the the quality. And no one no one really wanted to trust Melbourne. I don't think throughout this mm. whole year, uh, when they're going to fall, they've done it so many times before and promised the world and. And delivered an atlas, the old saying, but uh, <laughs> nah, they've, they've, they've just proved everyone wrong. They just keep beating teams that people thought, nah, this is when they're going to fall. This is when they're going to fall. But they kept turning up and geez, their final series has been pretty clinical too so far. But in, in saying that, so has the Western Bulldogs. They're outstanding against Port Adelaide on their home deck, um, you know, only a couple of weeks ago. So... Gonna be a great grand final. I'm looking forward to it. Hey Bernie, some of us have been on Melbourne since about mm-hmm. round four. Don't forget that oh. there were some that had the faith in the D's, the way they yes. were playing. But there's going to be a lot of great stories if Melbourne do win this premiership. Of course, your great mate Michael Hibbard playing for a number of people. There's some other great stories as well. But the one you were going to feel for is, is Nathan Jones. Yes. Just a a word on on his legacy at Melbourne because of course now he's at home with his family, just having and twins. But a huge part of it. Do you think there's going to be some sort of sentiment or emotion around Nathan Jones? if the boys are able to hold that Premiership Cup up? Oh, certainly will be. And he'll be mentioned throughout this week and pre-game and the motivation to get, not that you need a lot of motivation come grand final day because you're playing for, you know, uh, the Premiership Cup. But he'll certainly be mentioned and thought of, certainly if they can get over the line. But he's another one. You think If you think of the Melbourne Football Club through, you know, mid-2000s into 2010, you, you just think of Nathan Jones. And he's sort of, he was the poster boy for that footy club for so long. Um, so, yeah, it's really disappointing that he can't be in the side. And obviously he came home anyway and had the twins and they arrived safe and everything was good there, which was which was really good and really pleasing for them. But, yeah, there'll be a little part of me that just wished that he could just slot into that team. I still thought maybe I could just play him as the sub, but you can't <laughs> yeah. just play. Yeah. You can't do it. You've got to pick your best team available. It's a grand final. This opportunity might not come around for some of these players. Uh, again, and that's that's the reality of football too. You just got to take the opportunity when you get there, because uh, yeah, you don't know when or if you'll get there again. So uh, yeah, it's sad that he's not going to be in there, but they'll certainly be. Oh, oh. his line literally—he yeah. hung up on us by accident. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and then that's He's what, a nice typical bloke, Bernie. Isn't he? That's what the Perth yeah. footy fans have got to look forward to from Bernie for the next week. So that'll be good. They'll enjoy yeah. that. And just well, don't I'm... forget, Bernie Vince also runs enough of the enough oh, of the week yes. on Triple oh, M Saturday very, very Rub. Uh, so yes. if you go to Triple M Footy, it's uh, the enough of the year knockout enough. Yep. And we're up to the semi finals. So if you want to vote oh, on who then us back on the line. Okay. So if you want to vote on who enough of the year is, go to Triple M Footy on the Instagram. Burn quickly, uh, before we go to the break, uh, Melbourne win, I guess, for you. What's the margin and who gets the Norm Smith? Uh, I think, yeah, Melbourne uh, will get over the line, be a real contested style footy, probably low scoring. And I reckon Clayton Oliver, just around yeah. the clinches, and we saw Brownlow medal night, how good he was, so uh, how well he voted. So I reckon he'll get the nod and Melbourne by about nine points. Uh, good luck with the cashies, Burn. We'll speak nah. to you uh, on Saturday. <laughs> Thank you. I need someone to count it all. <laughs> Cheesy. Some kind Put of on color, a bag guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, after 11, Xavier Ellis, who will be at Optus Stadium for the grand final, he's going to join us. Footy news with Jay-Z, and we'll talk about the Emmys, the TV awards over in the States at the moment. It's all coming up right here. Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Edition on 105.1 Triple M. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, and Emma Friedman. You go well when that's your biggest problem. Is that, oh, <laughs> I know. I've got to watch too much footy. How good is it? Oh, damn. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Grand Final Week Edition. The team at Bunnings Trade can help you tackle any job because helping business is their trade. Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Big hour coming up, Rosie. We've got Xavier Ellis. He's going to be great giving us a call from Perth and yep. the West. Uh, some footy news floating around with Jay-Z. An update on the Emmys. And we want to talk about your favourite grand final memories because we've all got a few. The boys have some of the best. But, Jay-Z, you gave Joey a pick one earlier in the program. Yeah, so Clayton Oliver, the Melbourne superstar, finished third in last night's Brownlow medal with 31 votes. Now, up until now, Joey, I reckon we've all sort of thought that Christian Petrarca was the big dog in that Melbourne midfielder. But... I just wonder whether Clayton Oliver has gone past him. I'd like to give you a curly question, a real tough one every day or every week, and today's is who would you rather in the schoolyard, if they're all lined up, you had to pick one for your team, would you take Clayton Oliver or the goal-kicking superstar, Christian Petrarca, pick one? Yeah, it is close, but I'm still taking Christian Petrarca. Yeah, I think he's got more match-winning ability. I think... The players that you want to have on your side are the ones that have got that the match-winning ability, the ability to kick more goals. I mean, Christian Petrarca had more shots than any other midfielder in the competition this year. He's got that power and explosiveness. He might not quite get as much of the ball as Clayton Oliver, but what he does uh, in the front half, I think they are the best players in the competition. He wins he wins all of his ball, or majority of his ball, in the front half of the, the ground. Um, as he's, the season's gone on, he's gotten better at his, his goal kicking and, and polishing his or finishing off his, his work. And I still think uh, Christian Petrarca is a match winner and uh, I think he'll win the Norm Smith medal. So will the dogs then, do you think, expect them to be a tag? No, or will no be I a don't shootout? expect there'll be a tag. Yeah, their midfield is good enough that they just play the way they're going to play. They're not going to change it up too much, the Western Bulldogs. They've just got to back Bontempelli and McRae and Libba and you know Bailey Smith and Chalor and Dunkley to be better than them. On the and day. that's the analysis you can expect all week as we lead up to the grand final, to the D's taking on the dogs on Saturday evening. And it's a great time, grand final week, and getting to go to a grand final, and not really an option if you're in Melbourne, but, you know, you like to go to one in your lifetime. Do you remember your first, if guys? You can, Do you remember your first? If you can, Em, if you're lucky enough to get to a grand final, there's a lot of people that can't get to AFL grand finals, and it is. we are very fortunate if we can, and you're right, we haven't been for the last two years clearly with where they've been played. But I will always remember my first grand final, uh, 2000, the Melbourne Essendon Mm. grand final. I was 17 years old, so I think I was just finishing uh, school year 12. Uh, Three of us, three, my two best mates and I, we had two tickets. 
uh, trying to get three of us in. Ooh. So luckily in those days, you could still do the pass outs. Remember, they still had the pass outs, <laughs> and we're able to manage. We're Glorious. able to manage to do the sneaky two pass outs, yep. one carry out, and the three of us got in with mm. two pass outs. And we just standing room. It was standing room underneath the grandstand uh, on the southern stand side. And got to watch the 2000 grand final between Melbourne and Essendon. So for me as a footy nuffy, as a kid, to be able to get to my first grand final, it was a real thrill. I didn't pay for my ticket for my first one uh, either, Joe. And this is probably oh. the best moment <laughs> of my... Hang on. Whoa, whoa. Other than my kids and sort of <laughs> marrying and... We get that. Morning, Jane. Uh, get yes. That. Other, than, other than that stuff, I remember the night before the 1994 grand final. So that was Geelong uh, versus West Coast. So you were a cat supporter as a kid? Yep, yep, I was big. So I used to go watch uh, Gary Ablett. So I was living with my mum, and my, my dad calls me. He says, guess what, mate? I got a ticket for you, the grand final. I was absolutely thrilled. I'm jumping around, and sure enough, um, he, he, he got me in. But sort of not um, – we sort of snuck me in. So he was in the army, right? And his job was to basically bring the speakers out into the ground for the, pre, for the uh, pregame and entertainment. But he basically did the same thing with all of his army mates. He got one of his mates, um, army passes or, or whatever. And, and I somehow used that to sneak through. So, wow. Uh, I didn't pay for my ticket either, but I'll tell you what, she was all over at about quarter time as uh, West Coast absolutely smashed the cats. And that was disappointing. Rosie, I just feel that you've got a little tidbit to share with us about your first. Come on. Okay, 1993. It was the Essendon Grand Final. Uh, my, I was in high school, year 12. My boyfriend at the time was an Essendon supporter, and his dad had access to a very good corporate box. So oh. my first ever Grand Final oh, in year 12 man, Rosie. Uh, was the Essendon Grand Final, 1993, oh. in the corporate box. I might have been blind by halftime. <laughs> wow, that's my girl. That's Drink how you do it, eh? <laughs> I've only been to one. I went to the Geelong Hawthorne Grand Final 2008. Ripper. And um, it was a ripper. And I paid for my ticket, thank you very much. Saved a lot of money to, you know, whip up that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met a guy that day and ended up going out with him six months after that. Really? So that strange. Yeah. That's where you <laughs> met Charlie oh. at the footy. No, it wasn't Charlie. It was oh, oh pre-Charlie. Charlie. Oh, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Charlie. <laughs> I was 21, mate. Come on, oh. give me a rest. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. It's a long time ago, long time ago. Hey, give us a call, one triple three five. Three. What was your first grand final, if you have lucky enough to mm. have been to one? I know they're like hen's teeth, you know, getting grand final tickets. But if and you've got a great expensive. story, exactly right, uh, about getting to the grand final, uh, give us a call, one triple three five three. We would love to hear from you. Let's go to Brett and Cranbourne North. 1997, Brett, what happened? Oh, hey, the, that morning, because I used to show all the grand finals on TV, and as I, I got home from a mountain bike ride, the, the AFL media released a 1,000 seats at the old bass outlets, and you had to go in mm. person. To, so I just w- went, I'd sprinted to the newsagent about 2Ks away from my house, and I was a student, so I had to pay $40 for my ticket. Oh. And I got my ticket, and all the people behind me missed out. Oh, and, oh and, great. And, and, then, and then I got on the train to the MCG at another warning station, and who's sitting with me? The great Robert Elphingston used to wear number 33 back in the A's of St Kilda. So we sat on the train together all the way to the G. And then where I was up in the stand in the nosebleed section, um, I could actually see where Ozzie Jones first got the ball in that first quarter. And I could see the whole run that he was going to do. Down the wing. Right oh, my God. It just brought the house down. So he you're was a Saints man, Brett. Obviously a Saints supporter. Yeah. Oh, oh. After the girls, like a death in the family, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, you talk about the mad dash to the news agency. Have you ever run that fast again? Oh, Darren Jarman, seriously. Oh, I know. Still gives nightmares to the Saints men.
Absolutely brilliant stuff, Brett. Hey, Paul's in Bo Morris. What happened with your family friend in 89, Paul? Hi, guys. Well, um, I'd never been to a grand final before, and um, I've been lucky enough to see three now, but um, I was saying to a family friend, I'd like to go to a grand final, and he said, well, mate, I've got some good news for you. He said, I can't go. And uh, on the Friday night, he handed me a ticket to Geelong and Hawthorne for the 1989 <laughs> cracker. Watch Gary kick nine goals. Yep. Poor old Jeremy get cleaned up. Who was that boy in Bruns? Not Neville Bruns. Who cleaned Bruns him up? Was that, uh, what's Bruns? No, no, not um, Dermy. Was it Yates? Uh, oh, Mark Yates. Mark Yates, yeah. Mark Yates, yeah. Cleaned poor Dermy up and he came out like a trooper and played the rest of the game with broken ribs. I'd smuggled six little mini, um, you know, like you get out of a mini bar yes. in a little oh, backpack. Yeah. Yeah. I had the best day of my life yeah. and um, it was such a cracker. And I've seen two since because I'm a Tiger supporter. I went to 2017 Beautiful. and uh, got kissed on the proverbials there. We got uh, <laughs> seats right behind the goal and the point post up the punt, punt road end. Yeah, and lucky enough to go to 2019 as well. So. Fair grand final wow. to go to 1989 as your first oh, one, Em. Absolutely, Joey. Hey, thanks for that call, Paul. What happened to you, Mandy? Hey, guys, great show. Um, what happened to me was I worked for a global company and I was in as an EA and I was in my office and there was a corporate advisory chap visiting my boss mm-hmm. and they were talking about the grand final and I just called out and said, would love to go to a grand final. It's yes. on my bucket list. Smart. And, uh, the next minute, David pops his head in the office and says, do you want my tickets for Saturday? And I was oh. like, you can't be serious. And he said, yeah, is that a member of the Sydney Swans? And it includes the breakfast. So oh. my 10-year-old oh, son and I went to the breakfast, which Joanna Griggs hosted. Oh. And... Um, then we went to the grand final, and it was the most surreal experience yeah. of my life. I, 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 I just couldn't thank him enough. I mean, he gave me tickets the following year when we lost. Oh, <laughs> oh Mandy, you're a smart woman. Yes. I like that. Young bloke would have loved it. Oh, he was just beside himself because we lived in the northwestern suburbs, so Essendon was the team, and, um, yeah, Daniel was just over the moon. So, yeah, it was just awesome and so grateful for that experience. It, it was just moment. huge. And That's we're grateful great. for your call as well this morning, Mandy. Thanks for giving us a bell. Laurie is in Broad Meadows. Uh, what happened all the way back in 77, Laurie? Hi, guys. How are you? Um, back in 77, I used to go to, um, this is a story probably interesting to uh, younger listeners. Um, I used to go to boarding school. and Back in those days, we, um, we used to cut a coupon out of the newspaper um, and send it back to whoever with about 50 cents, and then the next week our grand final tickets would arrive. What? Um, <laughs> what is this? It's like Willy Wonka and <laughs> really? Factory. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, we, we, we did it a couple of years in a row, so 77 was, was the draw, drawn grand final, so I went to the drawn one. But we used, to get it, we used to get up really early in the morning from boarding school and because uh, it was before breakfast, we used to steal the milk off people's um, front steps so they could have something to eat. Uh, and we'd, we'd, we'd always line up first at the gate to get in. And as soon as they opened the, uh, the gates, we'd run like hell as quick as we could up to the, um, the, the top stand. And in those days, it, it wasn't, there wasn't much seat either. There was a lot of standing room. So we'd be pushed up against the chain mesh fence. And then the crowd would push in behind us. We were only young folks, and we just we just mark our spot and spend the uh, spend the entire day there. It was a fabulous time. Oh, wow. Easier to get tickets in those days. Fifty cents, much easier those days. Oh, now you're paying about mm. five grand. Exactly. I'm paying even more than that, I reckon. Hey, Peter's in Royville. Uh, what happened to you, Peter? 
Oh, we just moved to Australia in 66 as an immigrant, and the guy across the road said to the old man, did your son want to go to the football? So Dad's gone, yeah, yeah, take him, don't bring him back. (laughs) (laughs) So I head off to the 66 grand final, which... um, Just who played in that again? uh, 66 grand final. and Yeah, and he indoctrinated me into Collingwood, so we lost by a point. Came home, the old man said, I oh, never mind. We'll watch the replay, see if they do any better, which they didn't. <laughs> and um, so I cried, and I've been a sad Collingwood supporter ever since. Yeah, oh, okay. Peter. Oh, that's nice to hear. I love hearing those tales about your first grand final. We, Rosie, we might do a, some of them later in the week because it's Why nice not? to, you know, take a little walk down memory lane. People really enjoying talking about their first grand final memories. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Grand Final Week Edition. Triple M. Glad to say former Hawthorne and West Coast player Xavier Ellis and now part of the Triple M Brekkie Show in Perth does join us uh, from the West. Xavier, great to have you on the program. So the Brownlow last night and then the Granny on the weekend. I mean, we're all living in lockdown over here in the East. Just tell us how the buzz is. Is it just a vibe over there? Oh, and I don't want to kick you while you're down, Em, but it's 25 degrees here today as well. So <laughs> it's the it's the trifecta, the brown low into the grand final. The weather's good. But, uh, no, nah, it's a vibe, all right. Uh, we, we love our footy, obviously. We travel over to Melbourne. We love the grand final. But... We're going to put on a good show. We've got one year to do it. Uh, obviously, it's a Melbourne a Melbourne gig. We're renting it for one year. And, um, yeah, they're going to put on a massive show, which has been exciting. A lot of, uh, a lot of things going on this week. And I think, X, I see it's going to be 25 degrees uh, in Perth on Saturday. So that'll be a nice little test. It'll be very hot conditions, really, for a game of footy. But I want to touch on that, touch on Ollie Wines uh, first, because did I see him last night in his acceptance speech? Normally, you see the Brownlow medalist winners grab the little yeah. glass of champagne. But I know that you also saw that Ollie just went for the, the pot of beer. Skilly, He's in a chuka yeah. boy. A chuka yeah. boy straight for the pot. <laughs> and we, we, we admire that about the man. Yeah, finally one player had the, the nurries to say, I don't drink champagne. Why would I have a lifelong photo holding a silly glass of champagne when I've had 15 beers on the table off sat at all night? And you interviewed him this morning. How was he? Did he have a big hung night? Hung as a horse, Joey. As hung as I've ever. When we said, good morning, we built it up, Brownlow medalist. Welcome to the show, Ollie Wines. It was yeah, good day, guys. <laughs> yeah, nah, near dead. Near dead. He's having surgery tomorrow, and I don't reckon he'll be allowed on the table. He'll still be blowing numbers. <laughs> oh, so he should be. In terms of the crowd, though, on Xavier, what do you reckon the, the split is going to be for Melbourne to Bulldog supporters? Uh, I'd say 70 30 Melbourne. So uh, a lot of my mates are, are Melbourne supporters, and they've all sent their membership codes and all that sort of stuff over. But I think Melbourne uh, will have roughly 70% of the crowd. They. They overshadowed Geelong uh, in the final the other night there, so they'll definitely have some sort of advantage with the crowd, the Ds. Hey, Zave, all week we're going to be chatting to players that have played in grand finals, get their stories and their memories. You, of course, 2008 Premiership player for the Hawks, but it's a bit of an untold story. Was that the game of your life? Was that the best game of your career? Because all this talk about Hodgie and Cyril and the boys that played well yeah. in 2008. Mate, you were on track for a Norm Smith medal at one stage in that game. 28 touches. Yeah, the only time I wasn't on track to win it was when they read the wrong name out. I still reckon they've cooked that. Was it the best um, game of your career? Uh, it's funny enough, we played them in round 17 that year, and I played better on that night. Right. Uh, it was one of those Friday nights, a little bit like Joey, you played in that famous game v Geelong at, at Eddie had that day where you know two top teams went at it, and that was probably the best game. But 
uh, on grand final day. Uh, so I still reckon I was robbed because, one, I played better than Hodgie, and he was on the ground for 20 minutes longer than me. I would have had nearly 40 if Clarko didn't sit me on the bench at the end. And, of course, that was the famous Alistair Clarkson kill the shark or slow the shark, wasn't it? Yeah. We, and we, we, I've, we talk about that uh, every grand final year, you know, every year. Was, was it really that inspirational as a speech? You're just looking back, how did you, how did you score it? Because we no, sort of talk about it like no, it wasn't at all. It was a, I think it was a thing where Clarko, and I might have this story incorrect, but I think it's on the money. He was sitting at breakfast the day of the grand final and, was, and, and someone asked, like, what motivational speech are you going to deliver? And he didn't have anything. And he was reading the newspaper and there was a shark there and it, or a, a doco was on about a shark or something. And he's like, oh, I can kind of relate this to Geelong. That, that'll do. And we walk into the meeting room and the first thing we've ever seen or heard of was this big shark. that he's, He must have got his six-year-old daughter at the time to draw up because it was this little stick figure thing. But... Uh, yeah, no, the shark theory was simple. At Geelong, they just played that overlapping brand of footy where uh, when it was on their terms, they just flowed forward so quickly. And if we could suffocate them and if, if sharks aren't moving forward, they end up dying. So in theory, if we stopped them moving forward, Geelong would eventually die. So that was the theory of it all, but it was the first we'd heard of it. And uh, I didn't mind it personally. It's isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I bet it's very Clarkson. Very, <laughs> we're with Clarko. He made a study, uh, ballet, uh, about uh, you know how important every move in ballet is the Chinese rice fields where the rice grows in China, uh, <laughs> music like all sorts of weird and wacky stuff, and you'd walk out there and. Uh, and sometimes I think you know he'd miss the mark, like the Chinese <laughs> yeah. rice fields and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, no, he's weird and wacky, but he is wonderful. Yeah, they are all a bit wacko. All these, all these coaches. And actually, well, speaking of themes, I'm going to talk to you about Luke Beveridge's theme tomorrow for yes. the Western Bulldogs and what they are going with and the importance of that. But we'll Ooh, save that for you tomorrow. Know this. Okay. Yeah, I do know this. But before we go, let you go, Zave. Thanks for your time, mate. Just a quick preview of this, Granny. Who do you think's going to win it, and uh, and by how much, and who's going to win the Norm Smith? Yeah, I'm going to go with the doggies. I just think their run they're on, it reminds Ooh. me a little bit of 2016. The buyers come at a good time again for them in 2016. It fell perfectly. I just think their midfield, obviously, matches the standout in the ruck, but gee, they bat deep the Bulldogs with uh, Bont, McRae, Libba, Trelaw, Dunkley. I just think they bat a little bit deeper. And, of course, WA's uh, very own Aaron Norton to have an absolute monster. And I'm picking him as a bit of a surprise Norm Smith medalist with a bunch of contested marks. Oh, I like it. Ah, and bag of goals as well. Thank you for joining us, Zabie. We look forward to hearing your uh, stuff over the course of the week on Triple M in Perth. No, guys, thanks for having me and all the best over East. I know it is a bit of a shitty time, so all the best <laughs> to you guys. Thanks, mate. Sure is, mate. Uh, Xavier <laughs> Ellis there from Triple M in Perth. Something that else is on today is the Emmys on in LA. All the big TV awards are given out to all the superstars over there. Uh, Rosie, you've been casting a watchful eye over the winners so far. Well, a lot of the shows that uh, are very popular around here have done well. Uh, Mayor like of Easttown is a great drama that's on Binge and Foxtel. Emma, I think you've seen it. I love yeah, it. I watched Kate that with Erin. Kate Winslet. Winslet. Just How good. Good. That was very so, good. Um, like what out of 10? What are we scoring? Oh, mate, ten. It's, a no, it's a clear nine. nine oh, or ten. Hang good. on. What Doesn't Jay-Z, yeah, don't you do your AAAA pluses and your double <laughs> yeah. A's? And he doesn't want to work in numbers. Double A's. We might have to read We'll give it a double A. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ted Lasso has been doing very well for comedy series. Now, Ted Lasso, what is that? I'm hearing I haven't about seen that. So yeah. it's based on a Saturday night live character, uh, a sort of like a head, not a great coach of a, not a great team. He, he travels to England and then he becomes a coach of like a uh, college football like team. Yeah. So it's sort of all that. It's up to season two. That's yep. on, I think, Apple Plus. Out of 10? Oh, gosh, you're good. Not right. seen it yet. Okay. 
Uh, um, uh, Mumford and Sons does the yeah. theme tune. Okay. Mm. The theme tune. Uh, Gillian Anderson is one for The Crown. She was oh. playing Margaret Thatcher in The Crown, which was excellent. And uh, John Oliver won for Best Talk Series. So, okay. Lord, in there, what are you going to watch when you get to watch telly, Joe? Yeah, so I've just finished uh, Mr. In Between. Oh, um, that's great on which Fox Tell and Binge. That is triple A. I yeah. Great Melbourne triple A. I was so sad when that finished. And now but I've, I've gone back to the – I've never seen The Wire. So I know yeah. it's sort of 10 oh. or 15 years old, so I've just dived back into the uh, Hang the on, wire. be honest, though. You watched yep. the first episode and you went, is this for me? Sluggish. Sluggish, yeah. really, but I've been told <laughs> to persist. Okay. Hold. Hold, Jay-Z. I've got one for So I, I, I don't get into the series because I don't sort of feel like I don't have time to watch a whole a series of commitments. So I like man. the sort of documentaries, the one-hour one hour episodes of stuff that you can get through in a night when the kids are in bed. We spoke about Malice in the Palace the other week um, on Dead Set Legends Saturday mornings where the uh, the Indiana Pacers got in a punch-on in the crowd what? all those years ago. Ron have Artist. you not seen have it, not Rosie? Seen it, Rosie? No. Fascinating. Oh, You've got to watch it. The Malice the in the Palace. What's that on? Uh, it's Untold on Netflix. Netflix? So they're, they're okay, these sport yep. documentaries. Um, that are fascinating, and I found one the other night. I think you'll both really like it. Mm. it was, it's called uh, Untold, the, crime, uh, the series, the, the sports series, Crime and Penalties, the beginning of the Danbury Trashes. So basically this guy, Jimmy Galante, is like the real-life Tony Soprano. There's almost talk that they basically made the Sopranos off this guy, right. loaded, he was in the trash business. He bought his 17-year-old son a semi-professional ice hockey team. No. And his 17-year-old son got to pick the players and run it. He was a he was into his WWF. He loved his fighting. It was it's an unbelievable story. It goes for an hour. Just Is the watch team it. any good? Well, watch watch the series. I won't okay. give, it away. Watch the, give it away. Watch the documentary. Uh, uh, Danbury Trashes. It's fascinating. Oh True story. Gosh. I've gone it. back to um, I'd never seen Succession, and I've watched the first two uh, seasons of that in the last couple of weeks, and looking forward to the third season You're in next month. Oh, I'm very heavily invested. Mm. It is a terrific show. So keep an eye on the Emmys; it'll give you some ideas as to what to watch for the next five weeks while we continue our lockdown journey. And hey, footy's we'll... finishing. So what mm, else? Exactly. It felt it felt sad. It was on Friday boring, night, wasn't it? Wasn't boring it? Friday night. And... Oh, oh yeah. Game oh. And people had to talk to each other. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> really convenient. Not much more to talk. <laughs> about with your significant other after 14 weeks of lockdown, I can tell you that much. <laughs> hey, let's do this. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Day. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna... Well, we had to cut it off because it's Dead Set Legend oh, of the Week. So DC thinking we're about on, that. So we're good. on all week. Surely we can do some better production there. <laughs> DC, come on, pull up your socks, mate. That needs oh! to be improved by tomorrow. Dead Set Legend I think of you got the, the finger. <laughs> Can't quite tell from over there, but um, come this, on, mate. This We're is an easy one, I think. Dead show. set legend of the day. Today it's all about Ollie Wines, of course. First ever Brownlow medalist for Port Adelaide. Yep. He polled a record equaling 36 votes. Yep. Polled in the most number of games ever. 16 games he polled in out of 22, Jay-Z. It was very, very impressive. But what I love is we get to find out more about the person. Yep. We know about how good they are as a footballer. But I really like this because I was a footy tragic as a kid. Still am now. A bit of a footy nuffy. But when I heard this from Ollie Wines, it made me think that as a kid, he was also a footy nuffy. On the way back when I was a young tacker, we used to stop in and get a six-pack and a bit of pork crackle for me. And I used to re- ring up Rex Hunt and ask about Andrew Walker's stats. And I always got through, like, every every week, um, Rex would tell me Andrew Walker's stats. I was that interested in him. And I think as a young fella from a country town like that, you want to follow your idols. And, and those guys are the best examples. I know he said as a young tacker he got a six-pack. I think he meant his dad got the six-pack. Yeah, he, he got the pork crackers. He just had the pork crackers. I know he's from Echuk and he might have yeah. had a few beers as a teenager. I don't think that's what he meant he there. He would have but... had the riverboat port tello or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was good to hear. And Ollie Wines, it was a well-deserved – it was a great Brownlow medal count. Was. We touched on it in the first hour, Jay-Z, didn't we? But, I mean, for three players – 
or four actually to score 30 votes or more. There's never been more than two in one in one Brownlow count. So it was an awesome count. And Sam Walsh, boy, oh boy, watch out for him. 30 votes, Emma. Yeah, if Carlton can actually out. win a few games <laughs> yep. in the next few years, uh, he's almost a certainty to win a Brownlow at some stage in his career. So a bit of a question without notice then, um, Joey. So if Ollie Wines wins this year's Brownlow and you were doing a top 50 for next season, a 2022. Oh, are you asking him to do your work for you for the Herald Sun? <laughs> no, because that's no, what no. it feels like yeah. right about now. Where, where, would, where is Ollie Wines in terms of the AFL's best players? Uh, if you had to rank them, where does so he... So this is a question without notice. Yes. So this is a hard... But I'd yep. probably say somewhere between... Who's number one? Five and eight. I'd yep. have Ollie Wines. Yep. So you've still got... I still think Bontempelli's still probably the... He's the best player, player in the game. Petrarca, Oliver, Dustin Martin... Off the top of my head, you've sort of got those guys. Uh, and then you would have your next crop of midfielders. So Ollie Wines is somewhere at the top of that list. Where's Sam Walsh in that? Yep, he's also in that same bracket. Parish top 10? At the moment. Just. Mm. Just Ooh. top 10. We did, we did see a bit of a changing of the guard in the Brownlow medal last night, didn't we? We saw the emergence. Like, it's not it's not Pendlebury. It's not Cochin anymore. It's, or Fife it, or Dangerfield, yeah. those guys. Yeah. It's this new guard with Walsh yeah. and Parrish coming through. It's great to see. Hey, a great show, guys. Really enjoyed doing Dead Set Legends on a Monday. A bit different for us, but we're going to be doing it all week, uh, guiding you through all the footy news as we get up to the Grand Final. Rosie, yes? Some TV for people to watch as well from mm. Jack from Seddon. She likes watching Clickbait, which is on Netflix, and it was record- It was uh, an American co-production, and it was filmed around here as well. So oh. you can see a lot of oh. Melbourne in this American TV show called Clickbait on Netflix. Yeah, I just start- I started to watch that, and then Erin did what she always does. She watched it ahead without me, and she's finished it. Okay, that's great. For divorce, yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel like there's Quite something common. in this tomorrow. We might have to talk about some of your relationship stuff at the moment, Joey. And hey, tomorrow on the program, Nick Rewelt's going to be our special guest hey. with a little bit of a grand final story as we lead up to the grand final on Saturday. But also, Jay Z is going to be working very hard today on some news about Geelong's list heading into Ooh, 2022. Have you got decisions. any bit of a teaser for us on that, Jay Z? Well, are any... they, they in premiership mode or are they falling off the cliff, Joey? That's what we're going to discuss. It's all still to come right here on Triple M's Dead Set Legends with you tomorrow from 9 o'clock. We'll see you then. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another day. The team at Bunnings Trade can help you tackle any job because helping business is their trade. Joey, Jay and Emma are back tomorrow from 9 with more of Triple M's Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Edition. You have a great day. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another day. And it was a great week, wasn't it, Joey? I liked it. I did like my own work this morning. That was good. (laughs) Get even more Joey, Jay-Z and Emma by downloading the Listener app.